welcome back to an extremely positive edition of the Warriors All 82 podcast. And when I think positive, I think Tim Kawakami. That is me. So, My rep. That's me. You got me. Sent out the bat signal. It was a, uh, it's been weeks, but really, particularly over the last few games, of uh, this idea of losing while not developing, right? That was the theme of our podcast that dropped yesterday, the Warriors Plus Minus with Daniel LaRue. This was the rare night this season, the Warriors hope a typical night coming up of winning and developing. Amazing. The needle they've attempted to thread this season yeah. and mostly haven't been able to do it, but you chase down a win and we can get to the ways that Steve Kerr did chase down a win. And, you know, Wiseman doesn't close the final eight minutes, but this is a very positive James Wiseman night. So really you get best of both worlds after what has been worst of both worlds. Yeah, obviously you, know, you talk about threading the needle, but it's hard to do it every time and they haven't done it for a lot of times. But I don't think it's that hard. I mean, we might have a discussion about this with other people, but you know, the number one thing is to get your young guys in the game. If you lose with the young guys in the game, you lose with the young guys in the game. Uh, if you don't get them in the game and you lose, it's the worst possible situation. So you know, if if, hey, if you play, if you don't play them and you win, that's fine. But they're not winning a ton of games, and I think the young guys do help. So maybe they'll say, "Hey, look, we got." Wiseman and pull to this place where they can help us, you know, they can help us in, in the first quarter, they can help us in the second quarter, they can help us in the fourth quarter. Uh, I would argue that I think maybe that the, they could have gone to this earlier, specifically with Wiseman. Maybe Steve Kerr doesn't love that uh, discussion too much, uh, as was evident tonight, but that's okay. Uh, I just think that was out there. I think this sort of thing, maybe not a win every time, but this sort of play where you can go, wow, there's some things happening here was kind of evident early in the season, and then they kind of went away for for a lot of different reasons. Uh, and, and Poole wasn't ready, for, you know, until after the All Star break. But I think something like this is what you go. Okay, this is a team that has pushing it forward and understands a larger picture, and also won the game, uh, and that always helps too. Yeah, Wiseman doesn't play the final eight minutes, but he plays twenty five minutes. Yep. Twenty five minutes seems like. The number, exactly. right? You know, I, I don't think he's ready necessarily for 30, but 18 the other night, including, you know, I think, what, none of the final 14 minutes of either half. Um, yeah. You can't do that. And they went small for, for a purpose, and you can see why. I mean, they, you know, it does help to speed up Brooke Lopez. It does help. I would yeah, just, you know, it, it, I, that was a purpose. I would say. I would say it like this. Let's say they don't win. Let's say Ubre misses both free throws or whatever. They just don't come back at the end. They lose by six to the Bucks, which it seemed like they were going to. I, th I don't think we're coming on the podcast tonight criticizing no. No. anything that led up to the loss like we were in the Atlanta loss. Like that would have been – now, it would have been a deflating loss for them because they really wanted it, but it wouldn't have been like a mistake-filled loss. I liked the way they played. I liked his substitution patterns. Obviously, you know – Curry and him, apparently Curry told him he was feeling good early in the game. The tailbone's feeling better, although it didn't look like it on a fourth <laughs> quarter fall. Um, and they have two off days coming up, so that's why they chose to extend the minutes too. And you know, it sounds so minimal, but as we've talked about all season, you know, this is a one point win. And in that, you know, between the eight minute mark when he re-entered them, Curry and they were down nine to the six minute mark which is when he would usually come in the Warriors scored on five consecutive yeah. possessions and they and they cut the lead down to five yeah. like you you know you win the game because Kelly Oubre did what he did in the final four minutes but you also kind of don't lose the game in those two extra Curry minutes 
Um, and it worked tonight. By, by the way, can they put like yoga mats at the end of the baseline or something? Because <laughs> they're going to drive every Warriors fan crazy watching Curry spill down there. And, and, and he really grimaced in pain uh, this time. No question. I mean, that was like a, a wince for everybody uh, who just likes to watch basketball or just has ever had a tailbone that's hurt before. Uh, but I think he's. this is going to recur. This is something he's just going to get through. Obviously, he may all. I don't think he missed after that either. He obviously, Steph was obviously incredible tonight, and the extra minutes were huge, and getting the rotation nailed down was big, and, you know, getting Bazemore in there at the end was big, and getting a couple buckets from Jordan Poole when he gave him a couple buckets was big, and Wiggins, you know, gets a dunk at the end and clanks a three, but then gets a block on the, you know, on, on the last possession. You need all those things to happen. By the way, no Giannis. So we have to, we have to yes. point that out. No Giannis. I did see an out to Takumpo out there. Yeah. He was actually playing <laughs> pretty some, well. Who scores a bucket? Yeah. yeah, it was a little tricky for the Warriors. Uh, but I just, yeah, the, the, the general point is I think, as we've been talking about, is it had a sensibility to it. Even you know, Middleton hits that shot, Warriors lose. We're talking right now saying, okay, yeah, they played a lot better. A lot of things made sense. The young guys look like they, you know, they're growing. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes they do. But you do see you see a general progression. Steph was great. You know, you could just see how that fits together when you're looking at next season when you're trying to piece this together. So I, I think that's our major thing is like, what's the overview? What happened tonight? They should all piece together. It shouldn't be two totally separate things. Like, oh, they lost tonight and has nothing to do with the progress. So that can't be the discussion here. And they got the win and they got the progress. And I think they can keep doing it. I mean, they're going to have clunkers and Wiseman's going to have a clunker. And sometimes you'll go, why is he even playing? But I think it's still, they just have to play him. There's, I got the number of games left wrong in my column, by the way. I just I just tried to do round numbers so there's 20 left. There was 22 left before tonight. Now there's 21 left. Just play him. Just, just put him out there and see what happens. And I think it will get better and better. I know there's been a lot of criticism of him. I tend not to criticize him as much as others. I just I do see him getting better. You know, the stats don't always say so, and certainly not the plus or minus stats. He was minus seven tonight just because they just got hammered to start the third quarter. But I think he generally was a plus. But I mean, I just, I, I just see these little things being put together, and he's a number two overall pick. There's a massive amount of talent. It matters. That's why we talk about it every day. That's why every game is some sort of measurement about James Wiseman. And Kerr knows this. He, you know, he doesn't love it, but he understands it. He does it himself. He just didn't, you know, love it. This well, week. they beca- they become pretty protective of, of Wiseman too. Yep. I mean, and of the pressure being heaped on him, which whatever, it's fine. Yep. But. As you mentioned, this will continue to be discussed because a lot of their next decade hinges on him and what they do, what they do with him, how they develop him, if they ever decide to trade him, if they don't decide to trade him, how good can he become, how quickly. Tonight, you know, we Marcus talks about it plenty with young guys, this idea that instead of, you know, really zeroing in on what they don't do well with young guys in particular, like, you know, find out what they do do well when they do show those flashes. And it's what he we would talk about with Jordan Poole last year. Like, well, you see some skills. You see some different stuff. Even though he's like a complete negative on the court, you can see something in there. Um, and that's t- – tonight was 
I saw it from Wiseman like it like we were seeing it early in the season, like we hadn't been seeing lately. It was the flash plays. And it's not just like the, ooh, you know, that guy might look like a superstar. But tonight in the first half, that was that is the type of 20-year-old center who can help a win right now. I'm not saying like he's about to play 10 straight games and every game he's going to be a winning component. But the energy, the just relentless energy, attacking of the glass like he's seven one he's enormous he has long arms if he just you know, he had 10 often or 10 rebounds in the first half like that's it that's that's winning impact he Steph Curry singled out a couple plays post game um it was the chase down block but right after he he has the block um I think it was Draymar somebody threw the ball away in, in you know in semi-transition and the Bucks are coming back and they get kind of like a swing, swing to DiVincenzo in the corner. Mm-hmm. And DiVincenzo's open, solid shooter in the corner. You don't want that shot. And Wiseman's sitting in the paint, but he's so huge. He he races out to the corner with just a one, two step arm up. And DiVincenzo kind of freaks out, tries to drive, travels. Yep. And it's like, you know, if you just use the seven foot one and the mobility that he has, you can just cause offensive players to do screwy things and boom, turnover. Like you just save three points potentially right there. Um, and it doesn't have to be, you know, the smartest, you know, defense from end to end. It's just like use that. And, and tonight you just saw in ways that it can be used positively. And there was less of the, I'm already, I want to be honest, so let me try this <laughs> mid-post isolation spin. Oh, I bumbled it away because Brooke Lopez. Yeah. And Kent Bazemore had a quote post-game too. He's like, we knew he's, he's just way faster than Brooke Lopez. Mm-hmm. And they use that too. Yeah, and that's why I keep saying, you know, so you if, you, if you're upset with him and you want to limit his minutes, so you up Kevon Looney's minutes? You know, it's I would even say if you had Marquise Chris, okay, so give Marquise Chris 12 minutes. Uh, and keep Looney at 18. You know, it, it, the idea that in order to make sure you're really, really good, you play Kevon Looney 26 instead of 20 minutes. That's the part where I, I don't see the constructiveness in this. And I get like, okay, he, he's got to learn his lessons. He's got to earn things. 100% understand that. But as I wrote, you know, in the column that ran today, it's like the Warriors have to earn something here too, right? They have, they have to earn the ability to know what they're doing with this guy and understand that this is a valuable, valuable commodity. This is something you don't get what once every 20 years. When, when's the last time they had a center like this? You know, Robert Parrish, it's just not what you get often if you're a good team. And there's some responsibility not to mess around with it too much. And I'm not saying they haven't. I, I'm saying it's borderline <laughs> with what they're, you know, with, with how well, this is you know, going. you know what was the the way they played him or, you know, like the, 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 the idea that he was going to fit in and be like Andrew Bogut and, and you're already starting to see it. I I retweeted Kevin O'Connor. So let me find it. Um, the, the Warriors ran per him per second spectrum. He says the Warriors ran 71 pick and rolls tonight, which was a, uh, they tied a season high. And, you know, a lot of that was high screens with James Wise, and they simplified what he's doing. How many times do you just see him in a set tonight? And, you know, usually you see him, like, running out to the perimeter, and he's he's off ball, like, should I screen you? Oh, oh, oh should I screen you? Oh, I'm catching it. Oh, I'm supposed to do a dribble handoff. Tonight it was like I'm running over to the ball because Steph Curry has it. I'm setting a screen. I'm rolling. 
And, it, and if he wasn't doing that, he was mostly staying out of the fray and then attacking the offensive glass. Yep. That's all you should do. High screens or you're in the dunker spot and you're, you're just kind of being physical, coming in, try, try to tip a ball, um, get an offensive rebound. Boom, that's all you're doing. And he did it with pool too, which I really liked. I know you have had advocated it in your recent article. I've been saying for, for months now that it should be some more pool. Like th- Those are two of their three most – talented offensive players now Wiseman isn't where he will be offensively but if we're just talking pure talent like are they two three right now on this thing? You know. I mean Wiggins is in there when Wiggins can shoot yeah yeah because Wiggins is more polished yes. product yes. but I think like if we at the end of all of the the careers of the players on this team I would guess you know what we would consider Wiseman well, I don't know about pool we'll see where pool's going yeah. but you, you know what I mean yeah. um and we saw it tonight, and and I think you know three of their biggest buckets of the night are like pool Wiseman action in quieter pockets of the game where you just need to kind of survive, and they got points from it. It's finding points, it's searching for points, and we know this team has struggled, has just kind of tossed the ball around the perimeter sometimes, and not really anybody who can attack. Sometimes the attacking is messy, and sometimes it's not great, but you got to have somebody who's willing to do it, and Pool's willing to do it. And, you know, three-point shot's not on right now, but that little runner thing is a great NBA shot. I mean, it's a Lou Williams shot. Not many people have it. And he made, like, three of them, and you really needed to do it against the Bucks tonight. So, yeah, those two guys mean something for this team long-term. They absolutely do. The more time you can get with them, I, re- I mean, and, and Kerr went to, to Wiseman the second unit briefly in the fourth quarter. I understand why, because it was time to go to just just go Draymond at center. I, I that's I totally understand. I mean, it's hard to argue to just put Draymond in there for and and, and go run Brook Lopez. Uh, but saw a little bit of it, and I think there will be more of it. And I think it's it's good for Wiseman to get minutes with both the first unit and the second unit because it's different setups, so he can think differently and maybe let, you know let it go a little bit more in that second unit offensively, but maintain the defensive discipline. And make sure these just discipline offensively, especially with that first unit, and just run the court and see what happens. I just think again, we're we're saying all this after a really good a good Wiseman night. I will say the exact same thing, and I'm sure you will too after bad Wiseman nights too. Is just get them out there and, and try to make sure the, the 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 bad nights don't come as often, and the good nights come more often. And that the only way you're going to be able to do that is to keep doing, is to keep playing them. I think the worst thing that can happen for this team is they get to this offseason and they don't know about Wiseman. They just don't know. Uh, and there's a lot of, re- you know, the COVID and the injury and didn't have training camp. Oh, I get all that. The, the, those are real things. But you've got, you know, you got a bunch of games now where you can still do it. You can still get through this 20 games, 21 games left, possibly into the playoffs. And get come out of this thing. Okay, this is what we know we got out of this guy. This is what we know. Might be great, might be middling, might be bad, but you got to know this. You can't not know it at the end of the season. That's my opinion, and I think tonight was a was a fine example of getting to know him. And by the way, he helps you win a game. Those are two pretty good things. I think we should spend a segment on Kelly Oubre. You know, we've spent weeks now on his fit with the franchise, his future. His, you know, the summer ahead. Should they or should they not have traded him? Another slump that he had kind of dipped himself into after a good January. I thought he was the key. You know, Steph Curry's the player of the game, 41 points on 21 shots, which we can get to. Against, but double, Oubre, against double teams. Against, you know, yeah. all that stuff. Drew Holiday, oh. you know, who's a great, great defender. Great player. 
But um, Ubre, he, you know, it's hustle plays most of the game. It's solid defense, but it's it's what he did in the final four minutes. Drew Holiday hit two. Just I thought were daggers. He hits the first one. I think they go up ten with about four minutes left, and it just that felt over. Then and then Ubre answers with the three, and you felt like okay, that's a breath of life. And then Holiday comes back and daggers that and it was like oh all right never mind he brought it right back to 10 and it really feels over and then Ubre answers right back with the three to bring it back to seven and then they make their climb the quick climb and to me like that was the sequence of the game to just quickly answer those threes with threes by Ubre, you know and those are we we kill his confidence sometimes his tunnel vision but you know he he thinks he's making that shot even yeah. if the audience yeah. doesn't necessarily yeah. think it's, he is you gotta believe it to take it and I give him credit. I was going to say, you know, in the past, Warriors have a bunch had have a bunch of secondary players who felt the weight of playing with Curry, and they didn't want to shoot if Curry was on the floor and Durant and Clay, but it was really Curry. And, and now the Warriors have a bunch of guys who don't seem to really care. And sometimes he's on the court, and they're not even looking for him, and they're they're going to get their own. And I think that's preferable at this point because Steph will find it. Steph will, you know, he, he he's not going to worry about Steph getting involved at some point. Uh, Steph will go get it himself. You want to have players who have the guts to take that shot and and take it and take it again and take it again and even with Wiggins clunker, at least he took it. Like you know, there are we you know we've covered a lot of people, uh, who, a lot of Warriors players who would not take that shot. So I give Wiggins. And then Ubre gets the offensive <laughs> rebound, forces the foul, and hits both free throws. Both free throws, dr- you know, drizzled in after yeah, exactly. the rim. I thought the first you know, one missed. Like, frankly, like why why they look like it literally missed. Uh, two of the bigger free throws in recent Warriors regular season history. I mean, comparable to, as you know, which ones we always compare huge free throws to at the end of a game. And- uh, Andre, Andre Iguodala. Andre Iguodala. Andre Iguodala. No, no, I don't know if they were that No, they weren't big, that big. But-, but I'm saying, you know, hey, two free throws, one to tie, one to win. That's just that, – that's – those are huge free throws. Those are Damian Lee did that early in the season. Remember, free Damian throws? Lee hit the okay. game winning okay. three against Chicago, yeah, and then I th- those, yeah. he so, made yeah. two big free throws. I have to say, but yes, yeah, it's it's just yeah. if it's Steph, you go out, whatever he's going to make them. Uh, anybody else, they're big free throws, and when the, the determine whether you win or lose the game, those are big free throws. Obviously, the defensive stand. No, Ubre was huge in in a, in a very important time, and. You know, hey, Drew Holiday cooked everybody, but I thought Oubre gave him a run. Uh, I thought Wiggins might have been less good on Middleton, but you know, Middleton's tough defense. I mean, I, I, that guy's tough to defend. I'm not going to rip Wiggins. I just don't think he was great on him. Uh, but it's a, just, you know, what do they keep saying? That it's important to have those two guys so you can throw them at them because they had Curry and Poole out there for a little bit. I think you know Steve was thinking about closing with them, and he had to get Poole out of there for Baysmore because. The guards were wide open when they run any kind of action with Steph and 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 Jordan Poole, and it just wasn't going to work. So they get Bazemore in there. He's a little clunkier. Holiday scored over him a little bit too, but he's a you know guess who got the second deflection on the last possession? Wiggins got the first one. Bazemore got the second one. You know, just long wings who are tough and and have the ability to to reach in there a little bit. Sometimes foul too much, but. That those are important. Those are important players that they did not have last season, and they had obviously all throughout the dynasty. And if, if the Warriors lose some of these guys, and Ubre being one of them, they're going to need others to replace them. Absolutely, one hundred percent. Who's going to guard Damian Lillard? Who's going to guard the other great point guards? The, who's going to guard these 
kind of guys that Clay Thompson has taken the assignment for so many years, and, and you just may not want to have Clay take that assignment, at least to start the season. Kelly Oubre, and if you can, and Oubre can turn around and hit some big threes, that's that's value, man. That is true value. As the um, as the king of the uh, Kent Bazemore bandwagon, <laughs> you you had to appreciate that. Like he, he, I thought he was important tonight. He had, I think, like three first half threes. Yep. You know, yep. like uh, just flung a few. Off. in. He'd been way off, that, off from three, obviously. Yeah. I just, I'm, I'm just like alerted to this that that so many Warriors fans just hate the guy. And and I get some of it. He kicks the ball away. He fouls too much. He does some weird things. Even tonight, he like he did a, pa- a handoff pass to to He's just um, become the face of the fouls. The I face of the fouls because, and kind of the yeah. scattered play. But man, he's like now he's second in overall plus minus to Steph. No one else is close. And there's a reason. Again, they used to look at this. He like he's if you see a ball get deflected in there, and he's in the game, he's the one who got the ball deflected. If you, you know, he'll attack the rim, sometimes not always successfully, but you still got to do it. Like someone's got to do it. Steph's getting double teamed. Somebody has to attack. Somebody has to be willing to take that shot. And it's, it's you know, it's in those like, I'll take the guy who will take the shot. You don't have to. Chris Mullen says that all the time. Give me the guy who will take the shot. He's not going to make it every time. Give me the guy who will take the shot. And Bazemore does that on a lot of different levels. And I don't love his game, but I'll take it. I'll take it because you need someone out there who's going to bump into somebody and go guard somebody, and make it make their lives tough on one side, and maybe you know make a couple buckets on the other side, get a rebound, get a deflection, and just this you know he's become the guy the Warriors fans cannot stand, and I don't get I don't get that part, so I'm going to react to that saying you guys think he's so terrible, you complain about everything he does, and he's the one in the game at the end, and there's a deflection that that he got. And the ball finds him. He's not running away from the ball. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Maybe he should sometimes. There is, I talk about value. There is great value in a player like that. Sometimes you don't want to play him 26 minutes. You want to play him 18. But when you need him, he will be there in 26 minutes, and he's going to do some things for you. And he did some things tonight. So this is uh, this is the Warriors moment. I think late in the season, this is their chance. Uh, they've talked about a run. They 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 want to kind of rewrite the the story on what's been a disappointing season to this point, particularly because of what's happened in the last month. You get the um, you know uplifting win this this late comeback win, which includes the nice James Wiseman performance. If you can build on that coming up, and, and if you look at the schedule, you got two off days. Which will they'll be a good practice planted in between that, and then Wizards Rockets, two very winnable home games. Then Denver, tough. But then you go on the road. It's you know it's a it's a long road trip. I think a five game road trip. But it starts at Oklahoma City at Cleveland. That's two tanking teams. Two teams who have no interest, at least franchises who have no interest in winning. That should be at least four and one. And then you're talking about the five and one stretch because I'm including this Bucks win now, a five and one stretch that has eluded them all season, right? That's been their big problem. They they haven't been able to go five and one over a six game stretch. Well, you should win four of these next five games, like. And, and if you're gonna go on this run, like it's kind of got to be now. Um, nobody around, like the Spurs are are just. I think the Spurs are like two and eight in their last ten. They're kind of crumbling a little bit. The Pelicans, uh, you know, they lost 
again tonight in Atlanta. Like, yeah, they're close to the Warriors in the standings. I think one and a half back, but you know, they're they're not rising too quick. Same with the Kings. Like, you know, the Warriors could get up to to if they go five and one in the next six. Like, they could be sitting there knocking on the door of eight. Is that great? No, but it'll feel a lot different. They'd feel at least like a sure playing game, and, and then beyond that. Two more Thunder games later in the season. Three Pelicans games. A lot of winnable games down the line. It's there for them, but they're going to have to do play the style they played tonight and play with the energy they played tonight and at least semi-regularly get what they got out of Wiseman tonight. One, one thing we've seen out of this team is they mostly have beaten the bad teams, right? I mean, they've had some clunkers, but I can't remember when they've lost to it. Is there how they lost to a bad team? Maybe the Kings they lost to? I can't even remember now. But I mean, the Ra- Raptors they, they had no team, Curry. But they're, but they're Raptors. The Raptors aren't a good team, and they were up 61. Yeah, the Ra- but so the Raptors are, 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 you know, they won a championship two seasons ago with a lot of those same players. Um, I don't really count that one. I, I, I think the Warriors do well against bad teams. I just think they're fit to do well against them. We shall see. Maybe they'll they'll collapse. Maybe they'll be you know staff will miss some time. Who knows? We we don't know. A lot of things could happen. But I, I want to see them against some better teams. That that isn't going to happen right away. But they've got some other teams. You know, some tougher teams coming up at some point. Uh, I, I want to see how that looks. But yeah, if they go five and one. You know, maybe four and two in there. Who knows? Five and one. Let's say. Yeah, they're going to be sitting in the eighth seed at some point because th- this is not. A, a race full of you know <laughs> brimming champions. This is not we've, we've named the teams. You know Dallas is unreachable. At, I think at seven they're not they're not getting there. So yeah, the disappointment for them is that that the avoidance of the play-in seems impossible yeah, at this point. Them. You know they can't get up to six, yeah. and that's where they should have targeted all season. That's where I think anyone rationally was saying like get to six, and they should be in that conversation. And they're not, but. I also don't think they're about to stumble down to 11-12, no. which in recent weeks has seemed like a possibility. But I just, you know, you look at the path forward and you, you hear the way they, like, do still sound motivated, particularly Steph seems motivated. And that's all that really matters. I mean, like, he pushed for that win tonight. Yep. He pushed himself to those extra two minutes. He scored 41, you know, on 21 shots, and he's fighting through the tailbone issue. He, he came back probably sooner than he should have. So if he seems as motivated as he is, and I see some of the teams on the schedule coming up and some of the teams around them in the standings, I, I'm predicting definitely they're in the play-in bracket at least. And, and I, I just never thought 5-6 was all that reachable for them. I just didn't I mean, depend on what everyone else does. And well, it, and it, when they were not, yeah, remember but, when they were 19 but, and 15, but that, but that was also when Dallas wasn't, you know, like it depended on the other teams too. And if anybody took off who was just better than them, they were not going to be able to follow that team. And Dallas is the team that's was played much better. Um, so yeah, could they have? Yes. I'm just saying in, in, in an equal world where we're thinking there's, Six good teams in the West. The Warriors were not going to be one of them. I just didn't think that. So that makes seven, eight, nine. You know where I figured again, and and the teams around them have been crappier than I would have thought too. So um, New Orleans being the number one candidate for that. I mean, you figured they would be a five hundred team, and they're not a five hundred team. Uh, but that's the way this goes. You know, you fall where you fall, and I think you know whatever they say about a play-in game, they'll take it at this point. They will take it, and. I've been the practical person saying actually maybe the best thing for them is to have meaningful games, get to play on game, and then lose, and then don't make the playoffs. And because you know what, then you're in the lottery, and then you get another shot at at the, at the bonus. 
Uh, you might not get there. You might end up with 14. Who cares? But I'll take 2% chance more that I get Cade Cunningham. I'll take 1.3% chance more that I get a shot at Jalen Suggs. I'll do. I, I, again, I understand you want to win as many as you can. I'm just saying if this the if this rolls out where they're nine and they lose the play-in game and they don't even get a home game maybe, I don't think it's the worst thing in the world. I really don't. And I guess they would get a play, right? Nine would host ten. Uh, but Yeah, yeah, nine would host yeah. ten. And then, I, think, I mean, the big thing is you want to get into the first round. But. I don't think it's that big a deal. I really So they can get slaughtered by, you know, the one seed or whatever it is. I don't know. I mean, again, I understand the value of that in some ways. But I, I think if they could just say, hey, we, we fought our way through all this. We got to the postseason, quote, unquote, in the play on, playoff playing game. Don't embarrass yourself in that game. Um, yeah, do you want to lose to Sacramento in the playing game? No, no, they probably wouldn't want to do that. But not making the playoffs yet, be, being able to play after the regular season isn't a terrible thing. You get yourself in that lottery and you see where you are. I'm just saying from a purely practical thing, would you say anything is, is more valuable than a 1.2% chance at Kate Cunningham? I don't think so. That's me. That's me. Yeah, I mean, I just like Steph Curry's mood about it all. Yeah, yeah. I, but I just think you could say, "Hey, we kind of were in the playoffs, right? We kind of were." So uh, I don't, I don't know that losing four zero to whoever who's who's one going to be Slater. I don't, I don't know Utah. You, okay. Utah. I don't think losing four zero to, to Utah is going to be the most fabulous. Well, they're dream. They're forward. I would say their realistic dream at this point. Obviously, a dream's title, but that's not happening. Realistic dream would be like you know get in the play in win. You know get through the play-in, get a Utah or a Phoenix, Phoenix at two, and steal one of the first two on the road, you know, then try to steal one of the next two at home, like get it to a six game or make them sweat, you know. The way the Clippers did to them. Lose in six, lose in six and, and have post-game press conferences where they feel like, you know, exit interviews and instead of like, man, you guys need some soul searching this summer and, like, you know, what are you going to do? It's more like, man, like, you know, Wiseman had a decent series and, like, Steph, you look good and, like, you really pushed a good Utah team. Like, Clay on this team, you know, might, you know, who knows. Some would argue, hey, maybe it's better if they just realize they need to just completely revamp the roster this summer. So maybe making the playoffs is a better wake-up call for the franchise. They are not completely revamping their roster, though, so. Uh, no, 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 I mean, I, I, it wouldn't be like a teardown. I mean, more just like a, you know, you say Wiseman yeah, and the pick. Yeah. And, uh, the, you know what? This sounds like a Warriors plus minus segment. So we are not <laughs> doing that tonight. Warriors All 82 is wrapping up. It Nice win for the Warriors now. Like I said, Wizards, Rockets back to back. I think they need to go 2 and 0. And uh, we'll see if they do this season. If you said they need to go 2 and 0, it probably means they're going 1 and 1. Yep. yep. Some, but, some uh, wacky thing will happen at the end of one of these games, but. Uh, I, I think they'll probably go two and zero. I think they might kick away something a little, one a little bit later, but not those the, two. The Wizards one is the more dangerous yep. of the two. Yep. And you know, Westbrook's had some wild games yep. recently. And that Bradley Beal, Bradley Beal's Beal. pretty good. So yeah, that that could yeah, be yeah, one yeah. where the it, we'll see where this top are they still top five defense, which is still kind of laughable to me. But I, I no, yeah, I don't think I, I, don't I, th- I, I need to look. But no, I don't. Think so. Top six defense when you lose by hundred and seven, Toronto. But uh, we'll, we'll see if that defense holds together. That if they play decent defense, they should beat all these teams, right? All these teams. Um, if the defense falls apart a little bit, then you're certainly, you know, going to be threatened. You certainly can be challenged. That's what beats terrible teams: just play half-assed defense and then let Steph go. So uh, we we shall see where where they are in a couple of games. 
All right. Talk to you all then.